0: gentlemen welcome back to drinks on us with jerry and i jerry how are you going mate
1: i'm good man how are you
0: i'm good i'm good
1: all right uh we've got another guest on today um so we've got kenny um so kenny how are you doing yeah good. thanks how are you guys doing yeah, doing well um good. for those that don't know kenny um actually went to the same school as us um and so the reason we've got him on today is um I think I'll go a few steps back because I was scrolling through Facebook, I think, I don't know if this was two weeks ago, and I saw this, like, Kenny's blog popped up, which is what we're going to talk about today, um, some of the points that he's made, Um, and then I think fast forward, we were on Amitabh and Angad's episode, and they asked about who we wanted to get on as a future guest, potentially. And so I mentioned your name and they were like, yeah, it's a good idea because, like, the approach you had to, like, VC as well, um, I reckon that would be good to talk about. Um, but even, like, I don't know, I feel like there's a lot to talk about here because um, I don't know if Raj read this, but the uh, the idea of, like, freedom um, comes from discipline, like, I loved, I, I really, like, mess with that as well. So a lot to talk about. Um, but, yeah, before we get into that, I guess, how's lockdown going for you?
2: Yeah, man, it's excited. So, lockdown, yeah, pretty standard, just like everyone else, but the way I kind of look at it, it's more of like a more of like an opportunity just to work on myself and try not to get dis- too disappointed with like the lack of social life, but even with uni and stuff, you can still join clubs and then socialize online, so I tried to yeah. do that to best of my ability and yeah, just been had a lot of time to work on my hobbies, so I, I wouldn't really complain too much. Yeah, so what about That's you guys? Good. You can go
1: alright. What are you what have you been up to, buddy?
0: Uh I've literally just uni studying. That's about it really. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know, for me, uh like at the start it was going well, I reckon. Like I, I really enjoyed the idea of like, you know, I can kind of do stuff in my own time. Um, like we're taking up boxing as well, like I could kind of train at home, shadow box as much as I want. I that's cool, yeah. Yeah, but then, <laughs> which is a point I want to talk about as well, like sleep became a very big thing for me, um, like I was stuffing up big time, um, I was staying up way too late, so it kind of was like really impacting my day, because I was like that early bird, I love to get up early, and that wasn't happening for me anymore, um, so we'll get into that as well, because you talk about journaling, which kind of got you out of that.
2: Um, yeah, yeah, so, so, such a big issue for a lot yeah, of people, so, yeah.
1: Mm, yeah, so I think it's been a while since I kind of like took boxing and like training I get seriously. Um, so I kind of got back into that yesterday, most like yeah. So started again yesterday. Slow progression. So, We're coming back into it, you know. Plenty yeah, of yeah, time. That's
2: cool. I got but, a, yeah. I got like a scrappy home gym that I've thrown together over the years. So yeah. like collect the barbell here and then like buy some rack off eBay. Now even yeah. got a punching bag in the back. In my backyard, but like oh, damn. I don't use it out. as much. But yeah. I when I trained on um, jujitsu at the start of the summer holidays, so right after your holiday, oh, so I kind of use that because uh, we also had like this Muay Thai class. So I just like practice some random kicks and stuff. But Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like my biggest hobby probably is still basketball. Like even during quarantine, I can go to the park and like shoot around with friends and stuff. So yeah,
1: yeah. That, oh, that's, that's of, yeah. a little question. Um, since Lakers versus hate. That's literally who you got. I don't know. I don't know too much oh, yeah. I do
2: That but oh, yeah. <laughs> follow teams too much, but I guess I just love watching players. Man, like the like okay. are the most like exciting part for me. So but yeah, I feel, like, I feel like I'm rooting for LeBron. Okay. Yeah. Have a here, but yeah. yeah.
1: What do you no. reckon? Ah. Uh, Look, I just knew the Tyler dude. I don't know too much about him. I know. He's been cooking. He's been absolutely insane. But I'd probably go LeBron. And I think it'd be like insane if the Lakers could win. Especially like, you know, what's happening.
2: Yeah, but I haven't haven't talked to you guys in so long, man. It was like in your talk, like we didn't hang out much, but we was kind of like doing our own thing. Especially me. Like I was just like, I was pretty, (laughs) yeah, like mostly isolated. Honestly, I had my own friend group, but it, it wasn't. It was, like, one or two, like, closest study buddies, but that, that was
1: yeah. about it, yeah. So, yeah, what was year 12 like for you guys? Um, how was year 12, I guess? It's kind of a blur to me right now, like, when did that happen, you know? Yeah, but yeah, I get that feeling. It's wild. Um, It was good. I, I feel like I still maintain this kind of, like, chill attitude towards it. Um, you know, I still mess with people and talked and played sport and all that. But, um, yeah, when it came back to getting home and studying and even approaching, like, exams and stuff, like, that intensity kind of increased. Um, yeah. But, yeah, what about you, rog?
0: It for you? Yeah, I was a little different. Uh, like, I'd spend all my time at home studying and school would be sort of that time where I'd, like, spend time with mates and really kick back, which, looking back, probably wasn't the best idea <laughs> towards yeah. the end. <laughs> um but yeah, I just I just remember studying at night or like in the afternoon and just doing shit all at school really.
1: Mm. Yeah, fair enough. So what do you guys up to now in uni? I've got I'm doing um professional accountancy. Um so that's essentially just trying to be a chartered accountant in the future, which is gonna be nuts. Um mm-hmm. so next year that's probably where I'm gonna try and get into that whole, I guess, side of it. and uh, yeah.
2: Maybe yeah, so Rogers.
1: Jerry, you're in Melbourne,
0: right? No, I'm at RMIT. Oh, yeah, I am MIT, right in Melbourne. In Melbourne. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, go? no, but how's yeah? Let's let's talk about you because I feel like Jerry's really excited <laughs> there is a lot to talk about, and it's it it's, yeah. it's interesting the contrast. How was like school and JMSs for the time that we we met for you?
2: Um, in terms of like now, uni life compared to years of. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'd say year 12 was definitely more of a there was more external stress like ever since year nine or ten when I like really started caring about um school and grades, you know, getting a good ATAR that was kind of like always been at the back of my mind. And then so the internal pressure was always kind of there, but year 12 definitely like it helped the external pressure as well because you see people actually like studying hard, you see those like minded people grinding, and then yeah definitely pushed me for sure and uni it's been the internal pressure still there so I do still have the drive to like uh, achieve highly but I guess the difference is that without the kind of like the environment of everyone caring so much about VC and like as they do with uni uni is just mu- much more relaxed especially this year because we don't really see that many people so you're kind of on your own so in my own bubble it's yeah, I definitely um, slack off a bit more, but yeah, and plus like the challenges of like quarantine, uh, I'd say like first semester wasn't as productive as I would have liked, even though like the, I ended up doing pretty well, but it's, it's more of like ever since you told it wasn't really about the external grades because I do have like, I, I really like the saying where like, if you have a higher standard for yourself, then the external pressure doesn't matter because because your standard is so much higher than what's what other people can set on you. So that's mm-hmm. kind of um, the message I've carried throughout my like later life, I guess like just from like year twelve up to now. So yeah, yeah even though I did well by um, uni standards and one else's but I feel like I definitely could have improved much more. Like I like I see the times where I slack off and like not be as productive. So I try to fix that this semester and definitely was better, but yeah, the daily discipline isn't really just, like, once you get it, you get it, that kind of thing, you know? It's kind yeah, of like yeah. like the habit, you fall off sometimes and you get back on. It's kind of like a C-Sport. You try to find the balance. But, yeah, it, it is a daily kind of battle. Like, you win some, you lose some. But overall, I feel like I've been doing much better in the second semester. And, yeah, it's just... I've been enjoying it, to be honest. Like, year 12 was, was probably way more stress, and now I think I'm a bit more chill. In terms of like my outlook on life as well so it's just like it's not like the the one exam like the be all end all i see uni as more like an open an opportunity yeah. where you can lead to employment internships uh you know leadership positions whatever you know it's not just about that one score anymore. so i thought that was the probably the biggest difference for me so far it's yeah. oh, a good way to put
1: it i think one point's just like you know, even if you have those like off days, as long as you're aware of that, and then you kind of have that like, like put it put that as a point to kind of push yourself forward the next time so it doesn't happen again. Um, because bro, like I've stuffed up so much like this year, you know, like I'm kind of like ah, oh, you know. But um, as long as you know that, yeah, you kind of want to improve. Then I think that's that's all you can do. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's it's like a balance point where like you kind of struggle between keeping yourself accountable versus knowing to when to be kind of easy on yourself in a sense. So not, not being too harsh because sometimes that can be counterproductive. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 there's no like definite answer. Like, yeah, you should be hiring yourself all the time or, but yeah, yeah definitely.
0: Yeah. How do you like try and find that balance? Cause you mentioned like how you'd have that a little bit more pressure than all that external stuff you'd have on. So like, that sort of counteracted what other people were giving on to you. Like, now into uni, how have you sort of found that balance in terms of not being too hard on yourself?
2: Um, I think it just comes from just reading a lot of books from different perspectives. So a recent one I've been reading is called uh, Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. So the same author that wrote uh, Obstacle is the Way and Ego is the Enemy. So he's really into, like, Stoic philosophy, stuff like that. And then one of the, like, the really key concepts that i really uh thought about recently is the concept of memento mori so meaning remembering death so once you know that it, it kind of really gives you perspective knowing that there's an end point it, it's kind of heavy to think about but at the same time it's really liberating gives you a different perspective so I, I i learned more to enjoy i learned to enjoy more of those like smaller moments in life where you know it's just like a sunny afternoon and then you can, you can sit outside and read a book and then just be present more because you have that perspective rather than rather than being like really single-mindedly focused on this one external goal like I was in year 12, which I, I guess it pushed me to work harder. But at the same time, I definitely wasn't as present. And yeah, probably it was a path to burnout at some point. So I think that balance comes from perspective and experience as well. And as always, there's no like, perfect balance, you, I, like, lean towards one way, and then I lean back, and then correct, and then just, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah, you're a big fan of, um, I don't know if you're a big fan, but, like, I think David Goggins, have you read his book?
2: Oh, what yeah, I read his
1: book, and his, um, audio book is really nice as well. Yeah, yeah. I've been really
2: into him since, like, year 11, man, like, he's yeah. so, yeah, he is so crazy, like, reading his book. Like, um, have you
1: guys have you guys gone through it? I'm going through it now. Yeah, I was like reading it to at the start of the year, well halfway through the start of the year, and then um I kind of took a break and now I just like went back into it. And he has like these challenges, yeah. you know the challenges that you end up doing from him. Um, I think my favorite thing so far is like this idea of like the accountability mirror. So like he goes to his mirror and he's really hard on himself. So sometimes there are days when you feel like if you're really like you're really stuffed up. He's really hard on himself. And like you make excuses to kind of get yourself like out of situations, right? Um so he kinda of just takes them all away. I don't know, he's a wild dude. Like an absolute like
2: I don't know how he's
1: even real to some <laughs> <I mean, laughs> Yeah, it feels so
2: unreal, but I, I don't wanna spoil it so much, but it's as you go through the story, you kinda as he describes those like obstacles he faces, his writing or like he's Ghostwriter, I guess, writing is so vivid that like yeah. you literally feel like you're there with him. And then like I remember like holding my breath when he describes like the, those like underwater evolutions and like SEAL training. Yeah. So yeah, it was definitely you can like it, like the pain and the suffering was like palpable in the book. And that mm-hmm. really hammers it home of like how tough this dude is to be able to go through all that and yeah. you know, just recreate himself. Because like and another thing was like he's there's not really other books out there that I've really um, come in contact with that is as raw and as vulnerable as his was. So mm-hmm. I remember like just sitting in class, like uh, it was like mental or something. I was just reading through his backstory of his childhood where he got abused and everything. Yeah. And knowing he came from that and he was able to fix himself, that was what's that was what was truly amazing to me. So his quote was that. It was something along the lines of like I knew no one was coming to help me, and I was the only one who could save myself. So yeah, that yeah. that really had a big impact on, yeah, just my attitude in general because I knew like this is some savage out there, and then it's just, yeah, it's just so different to what we're all used to, like the mm-hmm. the nicer messages you hear from teachers, like oh you know like take a break, you know don't be too <laughs> like, oh, hard. You know that's like pragmatic, but at the same time yeah. you also need to hear those messages from David where.
1: Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's not necessarily you need to be one way or the other, you know, you can't yeah. be David because you don't live his life and, exactly. you know, it's not necessarily for everyone, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to have these perspectives. Yeah,
1: it's like taking a slice of life, I guess, different perspective for everyone. This podcast, <laughs> I think, is dope for that because we kind of hear, like, this little oh, like, we didn't we didn't know this or, you know, someone's been doing it like that, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, He's actually insane. Choco as well. I'm not a big I'm not that onto him but Raj is um Raj has really been on Joko, Um yeah. and then perfect. Rogan. I think Rogan's a perfect example as well. To kind of oh yeah, get Joe Rogan, yeah. I love his stories. Yeah. yeah. He's so diverse.
2: Like he has all these like science sciencey ones as well. And like some are yeah. just like with comedians where it's just like pure entertainment. Yeah. And other ones, yeah, he just brings on like uh, so many different guests and yeah, he has an entertaining personality as well. Yeah, okay. yeah. 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 Wait, so Raj, how did you um get to know like Jocko?
0: Uh, I found Jocko in Rogan's podcast actually. Um, oh, okay.
2: Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. probably heard of, heard about him from there or like Tim Ferriss's podcast, one of the two. Yeah, yeah he's definitely interesting. <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Yeah, he's written I- a book called Um Extreme Ownership as well, which I read mm. in probably year eleven or twelve. So. That one was. A book about leadership, but I feel like it's really applicable to just daily life as well. So, pretty much the whole concept is just taking ownership of everything. So, it's not unique to him, I'd say. Like, I've heard the same concepts of taking ownership from other people. Like, Tom Bilyeu from Impact Theory, if you're familiar. And, but yeah, it's definitely a powerful concept. And after, like, just listening to so many Jocko podcasts, you, you start to notice these things in real life. Like, you know, those little moments when your friends or your parents... Don't do that. They you kind of like blame other people. You like, like you just, <laughs> <out for> Joko <laughs> just like, yeah, he's not being, he's not taking extreme ownership there. But yeah. yeah, can't call him out for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no point calling him out. You know, there's just, it's just yeah. something like yeah. you hold you to that standard, but you can't expect everyone else to do as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think. Yeah.
0: You go. You go. You go. What I found was interesting because I I haven't been too far into david goggins but i have seen podcasts with him and rogan again Mm -hmm. um that element of us as viewers versus him as a speaker how do we sort of come away with what he's saying on a sustainable level over the long term is my question because i do find he is going a million miles an hour sometimes faster than like um gary v for me personally some like you know like um What are your best thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, yeah. It feels, it definitely feels like they're just on a different, you know, like, dimension to, like, what we're used to. But I think for me, how I've related to him, how I felt like it wasn't just, like, sort of a myth or a legend, was that he was really vulnerable with his backstory and you know where he came from. And if you compare yourself to who he was before, and then, yeah, because you feel like, like, we know we come from, like, a better background than... What he had, right, but then yet he was able to overcome that and become this person, so I think it's the process of being it's it's the quality of being malleable rather than um rather than the attribute being uh born with is what gives me the most like i guess hope for just thinking that like okay, if he can do it, you know, I can do it to a similar degree, maybe not as much as him, but you know i can definitely there's things to improve in my life but yeah that's an interesting question like how do you how do you not just put a label on people as david likes to say like people people think he's just different but yeah, yeah. you know when he tells his own story like you can tell he's not actually different and yeah he makes that really clear in his book as well like by like chapter six or seven he's like uh, just in case you've forgotten go back to chapter one and read where i came yeah. from. And then, yeah, I don't know if you got up to that point, but I was like, yeah, yeah it's a really good reminder and it was well-placed as well because it, it, you, you forget quickly like where he came from and then yeah. you use that as, you kind of paint him as a different person and yeah. people tend to use that as an excuse for not trying, I guess. Yeah. And I think that ties to the topic of like talent versus hard work as well, which I saw a lot of in VC where I know I kind of had that, mentality before it it was kind of like okay I see all these really smart kids and then they seem like they can get um to they seem like they can achieve really highly without putting in as much effort and therefore you kind of you tend to use that as an excuse for yourself to not try but it's really something to be really conscious of that you only see their achieving side but you don't actually see them grinding you don't see their failures it's just like before before you achieve hiling VC, like i used to pretty much just see those people who get those 99s 98s as like cut from a different cloth Like literally i see them differently as like to everyone else but once you go through the process and put in the work and actually get to that similar place you kind of you you're able to empathize with them more through your own experience you stop mm-hmm. just seeing their kind of like the the glory the the high marks you know the raw 50s whatever you start seeing the work behind it so the struggles, you know because you know what it takes to get there at that point so you know mm-hmm. it takes long hours after school you get that feeling of being just burned out but you still have to keep going so yeah so experience and plus just perspective and not forgetting that everyone is still human despite whatever front they put up on social media or in books or whatever like
1: yeah. i believe at the end of the
2: day david goggins has his weak moment and he admits it
0: missed tool as well. It's a daily yeah. battle. So, yeah. yeah, it's... it's that, yeah. Sorry,
1: do you go? No, it's just like, I think that one point, Raj and I talked about that as well. It's just like the whole journey aspect to it, how we actually enjoy hearing that more. Like, of course, hearing the achievements is amazing, but it's like, what led to those achievements in the first place, right? Like, it sounds amazing when you see like the highlights on YouTube of them, like how we can run like, Not even marathons. They're like super marathons or something. Um, But in fact, like he was someone that was so, I guess, he was struggling just as much as anyone else.
2: Yeah. yeah. What I found most interesting was when he mentioned – it was a part, it's a bit of spoilers, but this guy pretty much just runs on broken legs. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, like stress sick. factors and shit. It was, was crazy. crazy.
0: Like, they look disgusting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I, I was like cringing and reading it. I was like, God yeah. damn, man. How does how's that even humanly possible? But then yeah. you relate that to what popular culture kind of shows you. Like, one of my favorite athletes of all time is Kobe Bryant. And. So you hear about his stories of like, you know, playing with a broken finger or whatever. But then when you, so he, he's more of the well-known examples and you think that is the pinnacle of mental toughness. But when you dive into ordinary or like lesser known people like David Goggins, like not many people, he definitely doesn't have the same level of fame. And then, so we kind of set the baseline according to who we see instead of what's actually there. So David Goggins says like, he'd probably just laugh at stuff like, know what Kobe went through obviously he's not like he's not downplaying their suffering but at the same time he he shows that there's another level beyond that and it's those people who are not as well known so the toughest people in the world you might not even ever hear about them so yeah Yeah. that's definitely was an interesting perspective for me as what like the like there's levels to everything it's not just Mm. yeah it's It's not just what you see. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah, we've yeah, I think we've touched on resilience and the importance of it. Um, but going back to what Kenny said before, in terms of VCE and working hard, I love I love this debate with my family that work hard versus work smart. Um, work hard versus work smart. Yeah. What What's your um,
2: perspective on that?
0: For me personally, I've always gone work hard, work hard. Don't I've 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 just haven't considered work smart enough as much as i need to um Mm -hmm. because i'm just like brute force eventually is going to work for me um but (laughs) it never does um but what do you guys think about it because it's it's important
2: yeah i talked about i touched up on this in my um post about the vc my vc experience where i feel like there's another like working smart working hard isn't exactly two different things if you're just because when we think about working hard, we kind of just think about like, oh, you know, just doing endless practice questions in like some chapter review, right? That's that's kind of like what we picture when we say just working hard blindly. But at the same time, I feel like there's another level to it where like you have the awareness to reflect and that actually takes more mental effort than simply just kind of mechanically grinding through those questions. Because once you get into the group, it's not that hard, right? You kind of go on autopilot. Like. Like yeah, by the time you get to the fifth like similar question of like drawing some sign graph or something, like it 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 stops being so hard. But in your mind you're still technically doing work, right? But that work no longer it's not effective in terms of what you need to get to where you want to go if you want to achieve highly. So I think reflection and quote unquote working smart actually takes more effort than simply just working hard. So to me they're not two completely different things. Whereas like uh, people, it, it might be a lack of awareness, or it might be just the lack of. It might just be a symptom of like taking the path of least resistance, where, yeah, it's better than not doing anything. But at the same time, if you actually put in more effort, you would actually want to reflect and make sure the work you put in was effective. Because mm-hmm. I mentioned in the post that there's literally no worse feeling than, you know, grinding through hundreds of practice questions and then still not getting the result that you want, which was my experience with, um, UCAT, attempting <laughs> attempted to use there mm-hmm. was, yeah, so I pretty much started prepping for it the summer holiday before, so right after year 11, and, mm-hmm. yeah, like, I feel like I put in tons and tons of hours, and it, it was a lot of stress and a lot of, like, frustration when you couldn't figure out questions and stuff, and, but took, at the end, I didn't end up getting a good school, it was, like, some, like, 70th, centile or something so it wasn't good enough for mad but it didn't matter at that point but still it was just like it was a pretty painful experience but you end up learning a lot from it because you realize doing that extra work and mental effort of actually reflecting on what you're doing whether or not whether or not that's effective as opposed to just randomly doing questions which is kind of what i did for the UK. i kind of just there were modules this uh, in this course that helped you to prep, and then uh, I was kind of just like checking things off on the list. You know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really practicing deliberately, mm-hmm. and making sure I work on those individual skills. I was just yeah trying to finish the content and then justify to myself that I've done the preparation. And when in actuality it wasn't really like my mind wasn't there, hundred percent. So if I were to do it again, I definitely, yeah, I definitely put in that extra effort because the yeah, the frustration when you put in so much work but still don't get the result just because you do not work right is so much more. Yeah, it's just so much more like so much worse. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's. I find I found my experience to be extremely similar to that personally with the UCAT, funnily enough. Um, like I had, uh, I was I think it was med entry, bunch of modules, bunch of questions. I'd have it all on an Excel. I'd have to get through a bunch. Uh, with i remember we were on holiday and i was doing two three modules a day like at night because whatever reason it was same summer holidays um and it was just that notion of my sister would always tell me it'd be like spend 20 minutes on a test however long it might be spend double that going over it and understanding why you got certain questions wrong and over time i think it's just my willpower probably declining i just skip steps i just wouldn't spend as much time as i needed to and Yeah, as a result, same position as you, I guess.
2: Yeah, man. That's definitely, yeah. Anyone that's gone through that, I'm sure we all have. Like, even minor things, just Mm. like some year nine English exam, I'm really, like, just grinding through essays, but I didn't really stop and reflect on it. And, yeah, it didn't end up doing as well. So, yeah, it's just definitely self-introspection is one of the most important parts to learning rather than mechanically grinding through different methods yeah so that'll probably be my biggest advice to any i feel like every subject so important <clears> to <throat> actually reflect yeah so i love what your sister said about spending twice the time to actually go back and check what you got wrong which is yeah. hard because yeah for me doing practice exam wasn't actually the hardest part like going through it was the yeah. most mentally taxing part and yeah 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 because yeah, you, you hear people saying like like, oh, yeah, I've done, like, you know, 50 practice <laughs> exams. I know people who've done literally <laughs> up to hundreds of methods practice exams. Yeah. And they still don't end up, you know, like, yeah. acing yeah. it. It's, at that point, like, it's not it's not your talent, you know, like. Yeah. I don't... We, we can get into that, but I, I don't quite believe in talent too much. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I know it's there, but, yeah. So, at that point, you just kind of question, are they just going through the motion, or are they actually you know, learning from each exam.
1: I think we can translate it in sport as well. I don't know about, but I don't know. I find for me, boxing, I can just relate it to almost anything. And I feel like even with your, the idea about how um, discipline kind of leads to freedom, how you kind of like related that to basketball, um, like the greatest fighters aren't the ones that like, yeah, they put in the work in the gym and everything, but they watch themselves through like video after like they're sparring um, and critique themselves. So it's that like notion of, you know, there's some fighters just think that they're great and that's it. And that's the cutoff, but it's those that are like willing to critique themselves even where at like they're at the highest level. And I think that's like Kobe as well. Like, you know, that guy could feel, he could be dropping so many points in, He was doing so well, but he'd still be like, no, I'm not happy with that. Like, he was very strict on himself. Um, So, yeah, looking back, like, reflection in that, I think that's so important. I think we can link that to journaling as well of how you've kind of got out of rot. Like, if you just want to explain that, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, journaling, (laughs) it's one of those things where you've, like, heard about it everywhere. Like, every self-help or, like, YouTube productivity video, it's like, yeah, dude, go journal gonna help you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, it's it always seemed really feminine and my like immature, kinda dumb teenager side was like, dude, I don't wanna do that. You know, just like writing you a little book.
1: It like oh yeah
2: dear diary, this is what happened today. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> you know <laughs> was it wasn't really my thing. But then yeah, once you actually do it you realise it's not that it's not just Yeah, it's not it's not like a dear diary shit. It's it's more of just <laughs> reflecting on your feelings and really learning to notice how you're feeling, and plus the reasons behind it. So um I've been reading this book called um, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck" by Mark Manson. Just, yeah, it's so popular. I'm sure everyone's heard of it. Yeah, everyone's uh, heard of it. So, really. <laughs> which I feel like I, oh, remind me to talk about it because this is, this title is super smart. The way he like packaged it. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what I learned was that. There's different levels, as he would describe as a kind of emotional onion. And I love the joke where he's like, the more you peel back, the, m- the more likely you're going to cry. But, <laughs> yeah, so um, the way I like to visualize it, in his book, he didn't really... I feel like he could include a diagram or something. So if I, if I were to kind of go back and summarize, I'd probably draw myself like a diagram. And then I kind of visualize it as a pyramid. So at the base, where there's the most quantity, is your raw emotions, right? Yeah. So that's that's just like the natural response that we feel whenever someone raises their voice or something goes wrong. So those are unfiltered, but then there's our interpretation, or people like to use different words like uh, feeling or perception, which to me, yeah, it's just it's just how you kind of look at it through your perspective. And then when you ask when you ask yourself why again, you kind of you peel back more and you go up the pyramid, and that comes from a narrower range of so you have a wider base of emotions and i like to think about it as them all stemming from a narrower base of values in the end like i might have skipped a few steps but yeah i'm still trying to figure out like what are the intermediate steps but eventually you get to values right so every decision every emotion you kind of not every emotion because you feel it regardless but every interpretation you make of those emotions actually reflects one of your core values. So a really good example he gave in the book was that um, his brother doesn't text him as much, and and he feels like he's they're not as close, and he's feeling angry or whatever. So he asks himself, okay, why am I feeling this emotion? So and then he so one of the intermediate steps is his metric, so how he measures the yeah so how he measures his relation with his brother, and then he's, he realizes he's basing it off of the number of texts exchanged, which isn't a good metric. So there can be (laughs) good metrics and bad ones, and that's one of the examples he gave for a bad metric because, one, you can't control that, and, two, when you think more deeply, it's not necessarily true. It's not necessarily accurate, right? Just because they don't text you as much, you know, it doesn't mean you have a bad relationship, whatever, right? So that was that. But then when you ask yourself again, okay, why do I think, why do I value this metric? Then you get to, then you get closer to your core values, and then he talks (laughs) about, okay, so the value behind this assumption was that family are supposed to be close or, you know, brothers are supposed to have a good relationship, which when I, when I was taking notes, I I found it really hard to apply it to myself in terms of an example, because the questions you ask yourself, often the answer is so obvious that you, you, you kind of skip over it. You don't learn to actually take those as answers. So when I, like the example with a brother, okay. Brothers are supposed to have good relationships. Like for me, maybe it's just me, but I find it really hard to actually notice that conclusion because it's so simple, right? So if it's whatever you know, relationship with your parents, so you think, okay, what is my value behind this uh, metric, which comes from this interpretation, and then yeah, it's just really hard when you actually journal to actually summarize it in a insightful way your emotions and your values but it definitely it's something that comes with practice and as well as examples so by reading more and more of uh, Mark Manson where and also another one I really like is uh, Ryan Holiday which I mentioned before he in his first few chapters of um, stillness is a key he goes into this sort of thing as well where he really advocates journaling and getting to know yourself and as well as the process So yeah that's I guess that's my take on journaling, but there's there's different there's obviously different ways to doing it and for different purposes. There's no just one way. I know I use it for stress relief. So when I'm really stressed, I can just literally just write down what I'm feeling at the moment and then actually analyzing it. Because once you rationalize your emotions and you realize, okay, am I supposed to feel this? Like is that justified? You know, so let's say before an exam I'm feeling really stressed. Okay, should I be stressed? Um, and then you think, no, because I've done the preparation, right? So why am I feeling this? So, you know, it's just the natural reaction. So then you tr- you can, like, find different ways to reinterpret it. So, for example, a really popular one they like to say is that feeling anxiety and excitement is actually really close. Like, the physiological response is actually really similar. So mm-hmm. it just depends on how you frame it in your head. So once you know you've done the preparation, then... When you feel those butterflies in your stomach, you can say to yourself, like, okay, um, I, I feel ready, I'm excited, you know, mm-hmm. instead of saying, okay, I'm nervous, I don't want to fail. So, mm-hmm. yeah, like, going back and analyzing emotions has been really, really helpful in terms of productivity, in terms of mental health, and, yeah, introspection as well, and just learning more about yourself and other people as well, because mm-hmm. everyone shares the same sort of emotions, right? So, yeah, you start to learn to see behind people's raw reactions. So your family gets frustrated you you kind of see behind that because you learn to ask those questions okay you know why why is dad lashing out like did he have a long day or whatever you know like what's going on in his life instead of just instead of having your own emotional response yeah so i guess in a way it helps you to empathize more as well so be a more empathetic person so yeah
0: yeah Yeah, do you think that sort of comes with maturity and comes with age because that that element of uh self-retrospection and looking inward for someone, maybe even in VCE, for, for someone to do well in VCE. This do you firstly suggest that this is important, and secondly, how can someone that young, because they they don't have as much experience as we do, sort of develop that importance in their mind that this is really important? I guess.
2: Yeah, for sure. So first part, would I recommend them? Uh, go into introspection and learning more about themselves? Absolutely. I've always thought that VC was actually also a test of maturity, especially in the subjects of English. It comes out in your writing, you know, even though it's a skill that you can build and technically everyone's learning the same content and the same skills, but when you're actually formulating your own sort of arguments to whatever prompt, right, that's when you draw from your own life, life experience and I feel like maturity definitely gives you an edge because the more you know about the world, the more references you have, a wider range of perspective you can have, and that would really help to bolster your essay. But in a less kind of pragmatic sense, I think it's also super important just because being mature really, it just like, because maturity comes from going through painful experiences, right? And learning from them. And although not necessarily but often that is the case and when we are more mature I feel like we tend to be able to deal with those things better so it's just becoming a more capable person which for sure I think is beneficial in every area of your life so yeah for sure any any VC whatever your age is yeah that's super important and secondly how do you get those experiences so that I definitely agree with the point that it comes with age and experience and you can't really force that, you know, like a younger person. Like you can't just say, okay, oh yeah, here's how I learned the experience. You know, you're, you're 12, go out there and, you know, like date someone, yeah. get a job, you know, go through, kind of like accelerate their life. You can't do that. So for me, a really good tool would be reading. And so I think there's two paths to it, to maturity. So at least uh, I've noticed it myself. Is that I I feel like I was slightly a bit more mature in some areas compared to my peers, uh during maybe high school or early high school and later high school, and I attribute that to kind of two aspects. One of them was that past experiences, which you can't really control, right? So, uh, whatever it is, you know, family hardships, and then yeah, my my parents are split, so you know that was an experience that I learned from. It was it was painful at the time, but i'm weirdly glad that it happened not in the sense that <laughs> you know i don't I don't want my parents to be happy or i have a marriage or whatever it's in the sense that i like who i am today and i know a large part of that comes from that experience so mm-hmm. therefore i wouldn't trade that for I, I wouldn't have it any other way so yeah so that's one thing so just going through traumatic experiences and coming out a better person so that's one part of it and the second part is actually actively seeking those experiences so even though you don't control what stage of your life you're in you do control what you choose to expose yourself to so let's say a 14 year old or 16 year old right you can you can either go watch youtube and play minecraft you know or whatever play gta or you can go read a book like i know it's not the most fun thing but it's like a habit that you adopt which I've I'd say I would be lucky I was lucky to have adopted I don't know how but you know once you once you read one you you want to read more and then yeah so and books has taught me a great deal and has definitely contributed to my mindset a whole lot as I've like written in my posts if anyone if there's one habit I suggest someone adopting to help them with maturity and experience definitely just reading so reading whatever you know um, yeah.
1: I think that's so important as well is like being able to be in tune with yourself. Cause I feel like some people, they're just so worried about what other people are saying that they can't even register what they're feeling like. Um, And especially with like, you know, when times get tough and stuff's getting like fast and everything, you don't have time to kind of slow down, which is really important. Um, So I think reading, yeah, for me as well is like, it's that way of, like, just slowing down um, because, you know, you don't read it at, like, a crazy fast pace. I mean, that's me. Um, so I just – that's my, I guess, my stress relief. So, yeah, reading reading is super dope, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah, I right. definitely agree
2: with the aspect of being mindful and, like, slowing down when you read. But I think more importantly is also you, you kind of get to know, the like, the condensed – knowledge of what people have gone through right you don't have to relive their experience they they kind of just summarize it and tell you so Mm -hmm. and like you know why wouldn't you why wouldn't you want to do that instead of like going through the same shit again for yourself
0: Mm -hmm. so yeah 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 we platform that i've sort of found more more recently for reading is pod like podcasts and Mm -hmm. um like the amount of number of people that i've sort of learned from and just heard them talk um really does relate to something something that i think jerry and i have definitely sort of gained appreciation for and that's like power of knowledge and appreciation for learning information and constantly just absorbing shit that just comes by like if, if there's something to be learned then learn it um what do yeah, you of-
2: uh, definitely yeah. agree with the podcast and just any even youtube videos where <laughs> so yeah okay i lied when i said i just got into reading straight away it was I do believe it was um, Impact Theory, the show called Impact Theory, where they Tom Bilyeu interviews these just really successful people from all walks of life. And that's what's probably gotten me into, like, the whole just learning, like, a love for learning and improving myself. So, yeah, like, I, I agree totally. It's probably a better medium for kids today rather than to read is to actually download podcasts and audiobooks even. Because yeah. one, it's more engaging. It's easier to get into. Even though it's not as fast as reading sometimes, but you can do other stuff while you're doing it. And that's a huge advantage because for me, when, whenever I work out or wash dishes, I can just like plug my headphones in and then just listen to a podcast, which you can't do with books. You can't you can't wash dishes like, without looking. <laughs> so yeah, that's... Um, yeah, really glad you brought that up. I think that's really powerful as well. So just switching, just doing the little things to improve. You don't have to replace your whole kind of media consumption mm-hmm. with, you know, quote-unquote productive stuff. Maybe it's even just like instead of watching that gaming video, watch one uh video of, like, you know, Impact Theory or watching one podcast of Jocko. Or even just on the school bus, instead of listening to music, instead of, like, sleeping or even, yeah, you can sleep, but yeah, just listen to uh podcasts. Yeah, so I remember during year 12, there was a period mm-hmm. where I pretty much just stopped listening to music. It, it, I had it on my phone, but the whole time, whenever I had headphones in, it was always podcasts. And even with studying, funnily enough, in year 12, one of my ways of focusing and, like, you know there's times when you're just dead tired from, like, you, you have that brain fog and then you just, you just want to, like, lie down and sleep. But then, for whatever reason, you have to keep going. So, for me, that, that's when like I put on, like, a... Literally, like, David Goggin's speech compilation. And, nah, then, and that was one of the ways to get myself to focus. It's kind of weird because, like, you, you think words are distracting, right? But for me, like, once I listen to it like 20 times, you can pretty much, like, it stops becoming distracting and more just like a message and emotion. So, you know, by having that reminder there, you know that, you know, you can keep going and it gives you like the inspiration to do so. So, yeah, it's different for everyone. I wouldn't say that's a huge thing that you, everyone should adopt. It's just, uh, po- listening to podcasts definitely is because you do learn something rather than just listening to the same music you listen to like a billion times eventually it gets boring anyways then you're just ruining it for yourself <laughs> so you know why not why not do something new and then you can always go back so, yeah. yeah fair
1: enough i think raj mentioned some like he showed me i think my favorite thing about it was the again concept um i can't remember <laughs> it too well but it was the video
0: yeah, yeah. The video of
1: again uh, i don't the explanation. Yeah, the I
0: don't concept? know it too. Well. So,
2: what what was the concept that you mentioned? It's like
0: um,
2: yeah, you go on, cuz you know I yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I think it was more good. I don't know if like I've listened to it a million times. Yeah, like, it's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah, good.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's so popular now. Like everyone yeah. references that. Yeah, know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. It's just, everyone's like, yep, yeah, the the good mindset. But yeah. yeah, I love it. So Yeah, it's just he also even though it sounds a bit one-dimensional, but he explains it really well in the video of having that, it's not just pure optimism, it's rather like a more solution-oriented approach. But what I found interesting is that when you do adopt that kind of mindset around other people who don't quite think like that, they'll weirdly get frustrated at you in a weird sense. I don't know if you feel that, but it's kind of like, people love it when we match their emotions. You know, if, if like, if your friend is frustrated and then they, or if your family is frustrated and they start venting to you, but then you're just like, you know, look at the bright side, you know, why are you being so negative and then being solution oriented, which is good. But also I don't think it's the smoothest way of interacting because you also need to take account that take into account the fact that they don't need, they don't necessarily need a solution right now. And that's what I learned from my friends as well. Some really, Yeah, so my friends have taught me a lot, especially some of the more mature and empathetic ones. Like, one thing I've learned is that, um, how to really be a good friend and be there for someone. So, I used to be the dude who's not very empathetic, and people who are close to me will kind of like point that out in me, but I've gotten a bit better. But it's just, I think I wasn't too aware of the fact that people only want you to. Why? you as an emotional event when they're uh, when they're emotional they're not necessarily looking for a solution and then when you're presenting that solution to them it's not necessarily helping with their current mood and they're not ready to adopt that yet so Mm -hmm. i'm kind of like playing a role that they don't want me to play and also it's not i feel good about myself because i'm like oh look i'm so rational but at the same time it's kind of like Mm -hmm. that's not what they need you know you're not not being a great friend so yeah i think that's the Did, did John ever talk about that? I'm not too sure. But, yeah, it's for me, that's one of them nuances yeah.
1: to keep in mind. Yeah. It's like a learning process, though, you know, and I think that's what drives that closer connection with your mates as well. You know, there's little, like, yeah, that's just essentially how it is Um, with any, I guess, friend group and stuff. And really, yeah. If you want a relationship to get better, you always have that little kind of collide maybe at one point. Um, And then from there, you just kind of get tighter from there. So, yeah.
2: Right. Did you guys, um in year 12, what was your... Did you guys form, like, a study group? Or uh, what was, like, your approach?
1: I think we were all kind of still doing our own thing, like, class and everything. That was yeah. for me. But I think Rajkin did the same. Yeah, we kind of just... We were chilling at school, but when we went back home, you know, we'd study and do that. Um. Hmm. yeah, how about you?
2: Yeah, that was one of the probably harder transitions in terms of mindset it was kind of like the being okay with being alone because yeah a lot of people talk about study groups and how it's like i agree on most parts that yeah it's definitely useful to have a study group especially if the people in that group are focused and more motivated than you and you can learn a lot from them then yeah hands down go for it Mm -hmm. but for me maybe it was that i didn't have the right friend group to hang around with but i found more value in being alone i found motivation and drive and focus in being alone rather than being rather than actively being in a study group but having said that i do find motivation from other people though which i've mentioned in the post is that whatever other people are doing i find a way to make that a fuel for myself so if they're relaxing if they're wasting time you know i see that and then Like that competitive edge kinda comes out like you know, like they're when they're playing, I'm studying, you know, when they're studying, I'm still studying, so you know, the hardest worker always wins in the end, right? So that was kinda like the mindset. But yeah, I didn't I didn't quite believe in study groups because it was I found that for most people it was just a way to decrease the resistance to studying. Because studying sucks and then the way you try to Lower that resistance is by having other people do it with you, right? But a lot mm-hmm. of times that comes with a sacrifice of focus, and also you can just start talking. Yes. So I I love talking to people. I'm like I think I'm pretty outgoing, and especially with like like-minded friends. So I always catch myself chatting too much whenever I'm with friends. So I know to actively isolate myself whenever I need to get work done, which mm-hmm. is is hard because that initially when when you're that one kid sitting alone in a study period or during lunch or recess you feel uncomfortable right especially during that teenage phase like you know that's when we're just like image is so important to everyone you know social media all those stuff and yeah it's definitely it was a challenge to really not being afraid to stand apart from the crowd not in the sense that you're different just in the sense that you're alone so that that was a pretty big mental barrier like I don't want to admit that like you know I was sitting by myself and studying but then yeah it was just the thing that you kind of get used to and it was a sacrifice that I was willing to make and I'm happy that I made it like yeah maybe I could have done all right with a study group but I knew for myself that wasn't it, it wasn't as effective so yeah that was the approach I took which. I, I guess really depends on you but i do believe as cal newport the um author of deep work said that uh, i think he paraphrased but i'm just paraphrasing as well so it's like um no great work can be done without solitude which i truly believe in because yeah it's 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 just a different level of focus when you're when you're by yourself yeah
0: yeah personally during high school i remember walking past uh I think it was Chisholm's office and you'd generally probably like be there most of the time. And me like as much as like like I, I know you have those thoughts, I had nothing but respect, uh, seeing consistency there. And something that I I've struggled with and found more of more this year I think is uh, being okay with wanting to work hard
2: yeah yeah that's that's a huge thing like i'm not sure if that's what you meant but this is like earlier on i felt the challenge as well of like uh more in terms of goal setting i think if that's what you meant so because i see a lot of people they're afraid to put in the work not because they not because it's gonna suck because they're afraid of actually putting the work and still failing that's probably the most embarrassing part that we'd like that's kind of like the story we tell ourselves right so we're afraid to make those uh, external proclamations of like you know i i'm gonna you don't hear anyone saying like oh i'm gonna get a 99 Aita. when have you ever heard anyone say that yeah. like, during, during high school no no one's like either they're super confident or yeah you know, they're just showing up But like no serious dude would, would actually not that i know of have the courage to actually put that goal out there and it is scary because we think that Okay, what is, how is my how are my friends gonna judge me if I fail you know mm. I'm gonna seem like a try hard and a failure at the same time you know rather than just being indifferent, which is like the approach for a lot of people that I see I, and obviously I can't speak for everyone it's just I don't know what they think, but that's my guess from the people I do know it's that because i I've been there myself like it was a huge I remember sitting in my dad's room and I was just like like I, I'm scared to say that I want to achieve high. Like, at the time, I was like, okay, I'm going for 99 ATAR, but I'm scared. Mm -hmm. I was like, Tim, I was just venting. I was like, what if I don't get there, you know? Like, I've told everyone I'm going to do it, or people I know people know I've been trying, and if I still fail, how am I going to feel about myself? And how are other people going to judge me? But when you look at other people, you kind of adopt a different perspective. So you think that's how other people would think. But then when you're in the position of that so-called other people, when you see your friends trying hard for something that you're afraid to actually go for, like, I don't know about everyone else, but for me, I have the biggest respect for that. Like my friend, Anna, she tried out for um, UCAT again this year in first year uni. So for me, that was kind of like a, (laughs) I'm not, I'm not afraid to go back, but I guess there's still a bit of aspect of like that lingering pain of like, you know, I try so hard and still fail. So I don't want to touch that again. It's kind of one of those things. (laughs) And then seeing her go, going going through it again because she I think she did it in itself as well, and seeing her going putting that work in and going through it again I had nothing but the biggest respect. Even if even though she didn't have the greatest outcome, I was like, damn, she did something that I was afraid to. I, I it wasn't a it wasn't a fear, but it was more just like I had a tons I had tons of mental resistance towards doing. So I think w- once you put yourself in other people's shoes and think about okay if I was my best friend, how would I judge myself if I told them I want to aim high? And then usually if your friend is a decent person, which I assume like, you know, most people are, they will be, they'll be rooting for you, you know, instead of saying like, I can't wait for you to fail and then make fun of you. So I think that perspective is really important when you're setting goals. And another thing about self-consciousness in general, so being afraid to really live out your ambitions Um. I've gotten a lot of inspiration from uh, Stoic philosophy again. So they talk about remembering death. So just remembering that if you're going to die one day, then how would you feel if you didn't put in the work to, or just be who you are? Because people, people, the best thing that I've heard from Kobe Bryant from reading his um, book, Mama Mentality, the other day it was a short book. So I finished it on Night. And then one thing I remember from it was that he stopped putting on a character for the media because he realized, Whoever he is, there's gonna be people who like him and there's gonna be people who don't like him, right? So no matter what he does or what he's like, so therefore why not just be yourself? So that that was really inspirational and so that was the knowledge and then the courage to actually enact that comes from the fact that you know that you're not gonna live forever and then you know once it is all over would you regret not living yourself in fear of other people not liking you for whatever you know delusion you have in your head or would you be able to you know live out who you actually are so obviously it's one of those things like it's easy to say and it's important to know but at the same time it's also really hard to actually do so mm. yeah so I, I don't think anyone's perfect at it like I, i'm definitely not but it's having the knowledge having the awareness i think is the first step so yeah yeah
0: i'm like- yeah, yeah, you go, and yeah,
1: you go. No,
0: no, you go, man.
1: Now, just quickly about how you're talking about the idea of, like, death. I think Kevin Hart has this concept that's similar. It's like uh, he said that you're essentially writing a book for, like, that's about your life. Um, and once you die, that book's shut. So whatever you've kind of done in your life, do you want to read that book, essentially? Have you created a book where it's actually interesting, where someone else would want to pick it up? Um, And, yeah, Kevin Hart's someone I really respect because he's always, like, constantly trying new things. Um, And I think the idea of, like, being afraid to work hard because of what other people will say, they'll kind of judge you and stuff. Like, what should come and what usually comes is just respect from everyone because you can't criticise hard work from anyone. Like, um, I've seen videos of um, beginner boxers that, Want to become world champions and they'll say it, and like if they can back it up, then you can't say anything to that, I guess you know what I mean. So, yeah, hard work is just hard work, and if you if you truly truly want it, then you can only just do that and like gain the respect from others, I guess.
2: Yeah, man, I, yeah. I respect people who work hard for sure. It's just I, yeah. I don't even care if they didn't get a great ATAR, like, or yeah, even. facts. If I ask, like, okay, did you work hard in year 12? And like, yeah, I worked my butt off. But, you know, I didn't get the greatest score, like, doesn't matter, like, yeah. biggest respects, because mm-hmm. I, I know what it's like, you know, it's just sacrifice the sacrifice the amount of way. it's not it's not even crazy, you know, it's just VC, like, it's just years old, you're still a teenager, it's not the greatest challenge you ever faced, but to us, it was, and yeah. you know, just from, like, a level of, like, I went through that, and I know what's like, that's why I respect mm-hmm. people who yeah, are willing to put in that hard work and not afraid to mm-hmm. set high goals, and yeah yeah voicing them is definitely a challenge but i think if you can do that all the more power to you because there's external accountability as well like obviously you don't want to embarrass yourself but at the same Mm -hmm. time if you yeah if you have the courage to do that then like you know props to you you already you did something that i was probably afraid to do during during like year 11 or 12 so yeah yeah. do you
0: do you guys find this to be an issue because I, I i do think that when, when like kenny does say like put in hard work during age Twelve, but i genuinely do think that you are under us under like you know like not showing it for what it is and i think my question being do you think it's an issue nowadays where society's sort of you have your jockers where they put out inspirational stuff for the general public and society is slowly starting to be like it's good to work hard it's good to put in the effort and whatnot but it's just this high people get that when they fall off that high it's like they don't understand the actual hard work that gets put in and then people who do it it's like what are you doing like why aren't you out there with everyone else why aren't you doing what everyone else is doing why are you working hard why are you actually working hard? Do You know how yeah. people, are, you know, does that make sense? Mm. Do you find that to be an issue, like we're um, not going through with it?
2: I think that there was a lot of stuff to unpack in that. There was, um, <laughs> so yeah, people definitely. So I, I don't. I, I used to be like this, but I stopped because I realized it's not. It's just like when you become more mature, you stop doing it. It's kind of like imposing your own values on other people. So what you talked about with the. If you work hard, then you'd expect everyone else to do it, you know. Like
0: yeah.
2: you get frustrated when you see people not putting in that same level of work or not having the same mindset, right? Like but I think I've learned to realize that it's not for everyone and you shouldn't like in one way, in one sense, yeah, it's a metric to judge someone, but at the same time your achievements Like, here's what basketball taught me, basketball. So, I used to be really arrogant, like, on the court, especially, like, when I started getting a bit, like, over the fundamentals, when I started learning it a bit. I, like, because I remember, like, the higher year levels. I was in year seven and I started playing with the year 12s and then they would, like, talk a whole bunch of shit and then, you know, destroy (laughs) me afterwards. But I was one of those kids that I was like, okay, okay, I hear you now, but then I'll come back in two years and then we'll see what's up. So... (laughs) But then once I got to a... Yeah, once I was in, like, year 9 or 10 and in their position, I didn't show enough, probably, respect to people who weren't as good. So maybe, like, the younger kids, I was kind of like... Yeah, just, like, the ego coming out on the court. Like, I I don't know if you guys can vibe with that, like, when you play a competitive sport. So, yeah, one thing is that's that's just being young and dumb and just being egotistical. But another part is that I realized that I thought if so so now I realized that just because you're better in a sense skill for example basketball doesn't make you a better person than the other person you can't just place yourself above okay I I'm a I'm a greater being than you because you can't like you know because I can destroy you one on one like it doesn't it's just a game in the end and then you you're just letting your ego flow out too much and So, yeah, I've learned to stop imposing my own values on other people. And I feel like I've reflected a lot and I've, like, talked to so many friends about this. Like, why do we get frustrated when we see other people not working as hard? And then I think the best answer that I can come up with right now is that we're afraid to see ourselves in them. So maybe it sounds a bit woo-woo, but it's kind of like I feel like there's some truth in that. Like, why do you care that other people are not working as hard as you? Because in reality, like, that's good, right? Like, you know, as Jocko says, like, good, because then your competition is weaker, or however you like to think about it. So, yeah, I think it comes from just... We we all like people who are like us. So we like people who have the same values and talk the same way, speak the same way, or, like, act the same way. And then when we see someone different, it's hard to accept that. And then... If we imagine ourselves in their shoes, we wouldn't like ourselves. And then I think, I think there's also like some part about insecurity. So maybe you were that person, and you don't want to go, you don't want to go back to that, right? And then you see that image of like being lazy, being weak, or whatever. And then, yeah, I think some part comes from insecurity and fear and projecting yourself into that image you see in other people. I think that might be one aspect of it. But yeah, right. <laughs> you I think you asked like some other parts about that. Uh, yeah do we do we think that society's
0: sort of fostering this fake not like not like not entirely true uh representation of what hard work looks like if oh okay well yeah off what you said i guess
2: yeah i think yeah people definitely glorify the results because that's why i love david Goggins' book so much because he he's he tells you what he's been through and then he reminds you that it's not just, I think in an interview, oh, I can't remember, but I listened to his clips a lot, so I kind of just like, I kind of remember these random things, so he was like, okay, you see the pull-up records, you see the 200-mile you know, uh, ultra-marathons or whatever, but what I see is that afraid, scared kid who was abused when he grew up, what I see is the it, the two failures behind the pull-up record, and what he sees is that he failed with the ASVAT test or whatever, and then being 300 pounds and fat or overweight and not liking himself so yeah it goes back to what we talked about before just people only see the surface and then they don't they can't really empathize or they sometimes they don't even want to they don't want to hold themselves up to that standard because then you have to say okay if he can do it i can do it so so people want that excuse so i don't think yeah, I don't think it's too much of a problem with the representation. I think it's just more people just don't have the right perspective when they look at other people's achievements, and mm. that either comes from just laziness or they just want to make excuses for themselves, or it can just come from like the the bias of like what you see is all there is, right? So you you don't see that far, therefore how can you how can you know? So yeah.
1: Mm. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah, man. I'm gonna lie. I got a lot of book recommendations to go to as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I need to like listen your back your
0: to this. I've been secretly just like making a bunch of notes. Yeah, I actually
2: probably. I was like so the probably... yeah, uh, so um, start of uh, last summer holiday it was, uh 2020. And then I i bought like this old Kindle or someone. At, at the time, okay. I was like, damn, am I just wasting money? But then, like, when quarantine came around, I'm like, dude, I'm so glad I bought that. Like, yeah. you know, reading so much now but yeah it's funny as well because like before 2020 and everything like the quarantine i i started building my little home gym and people were just like dude why don't you just go to a gym <laughs> and, then, and then i'm just like throwing together this like scrappy gym and then um, i'm funny because like i'm like now
1: everyone wants some equipment yeah. like, oh, now gym. people like <laughs> they're joining this there's a bunch of like instagram like um like giveaways for like a home gym and I see so many people like trying to get one it's funny
2: do you know what's funny I saw like I see people now exercising at the parks that like you've never seen them before it's like quarantine brings out like the hype of like trying to improve themselves but it like it it, like doesn't last like you see them once with their fancy workout equipment like I saw these dudes doing like boxing drills at like the skate ring earlier during the quarantine I was like dude I've never seen them before (laughs) <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> it's just funny
1: like yeah so yeah we will come out go yeah fair enough yeah oh, when are uh, gyms opening they still haven't said anything about that have they uh i'm not like, sure
2: yeah but yeah, i can't i can't wait to
1: get back though i got into yeah. it too and then
2: it sucks because i was just like going through like the rough beginner phase and i was yep. just starting to feel comfortable and then like you know that was it <laughs> so i gotta yeah. get back into it again it's fine yeah, and all that. it should be good. Yeah, because I got so much callus like on my foot from like the mat burns and stuff. Like oh, those oh, little things are like doing random hobbies, like you don't realize. It's like <laughs> your skin's already callous, and then like when you wait like this whole now time, when you go back, it's gonna be like the yeah, you're mm. gonna get the worst of it again. And then, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Especially yeah. since oh. you just
1: started. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just gonna feel
2: like, oh jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. So, yeah. Where well, you guys been? Like. Staying home, are you? What's like the main socializing platform?
1: Mm, messenger. I feel like I use a lot Ooh. more messenger now. Yeah, it's Texas
2: Red. Yeah. Ready? Yeah. Mm. yeah. I think it's now still... you can meet up like up to five people, right, outdoors. Yeah. yeah so like, okay. yeah. Yeah. That is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Why did you guys want to start a podcast, by the way?
1: I was want to ask. Uh, I think we kind of like touched on it. It's just that idea of, like, obtaining so many, like, different walks of life, like, their stories, everything, just getting a slice of it in, like, you know, that perspective. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. I,
2: love, I love what you guys are doing. It's just because most people don't have the, they just don't have the, like, the, the capacity to, like, follow through on these things, you know. Like, yeah. everyone says they want to do something, but then if you ask them, like, a month later, okay, like, where is it? They're like, oh, I haven't started because X, Y, Z, excuse so, mm-hmm. yeah, I really expect that you guys are actually going through with this. I was considering maybe starting a podcast on, like, some VC stuff because I thought it would be cool to get, you know, really, like, 50 raw kids to come on and then – because I would have appreciated that source when I was in mm-hmm. year 12. i like, yeah. it's just like, how cool would it be if you can just get, like, you know, Amitabh or, or Angad come on and talk about, like, you know, how the hell did you get so – get good grades and then – yeah. yeah, for for kids, and I think podcasts are such a good format as well for that. So, yeah, who, who the hell has time to actually read like articles? <laughs> yeah, those clips, like Jocko style, you know, do some extracts yeah. of like, oh, here's a tip about like biology, or like, here's a tip about like exam yeah. prep. So, I thought that yeah, it's so, yeah. yeah. an idea, right. but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. um.
0: I think two things. Uh probably the highlight from I think all your blogs, me personally, was uh just looking at that list of excuses that you made and the solutions you put
2: next to them That
1: I was think, yeah, it was sick. Yeah. It was so sick. Was I crazy. love that.
2: Yeah, um, I thought that might be relatable to people to yeah. actually like throwing like my own example there. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah, I think this podcast is for, for people listening and I think if I was listening, I'd definitely take a lot out of it. Um, yeah, for sure. Would there be, like, two or three things maybe you'd suggest for just sustainable um, long-term growth and just anything, really?
2: Um, I think for people who get into, the, like, the productivity and self-help or try to improve themselves, a really easy trap to fall into is actually procrastinating by reading more shit, like – sometimes you know what to do but you just don't do it and then at the start when you read like the first you know couple books you think okay what if there's like this magical easy fix for all your problems you know that's why you keep picking up these clickbaity titles and then like reading them but then I think Jocko talks about this as well there is no magic trick there is no like easy fix there's always yeah there's advice and there's really good insights but if you want to make a long-lasting change, it's never easy. And then I love the concept of Jogger talking about just, like... And David Goggins. So it just permeates through these people who are, like, epitomes of, like, self-discipline. They just... It's about, like, the daily small battles, you know? It's not about making a grand gesture or, like, making a, a New Year's resolution because, like, who the hell sticks with that? Like mean, I, I don't think I've ever stuck originally to one. It's always, a, like, those... <laughs> Yeah, like, for me, the biggest changes come from, like, a random Tuesday. Like, I'm just like, Mm. bro, I need to start flossing my teeth. And then, like, (laughs) I set up, okay, this one habit this week. But literally, like, this week, I'm going to focus on this one habit. Like, I'm just going to make sure I floss every day. And then now it's like, I just do it automatically. Like, sometimes Mm. when I go into the shower and come out, I've already, like, brushed or floss. And then, like, I just pick it up again out of habit. And I'm just like,
0: oh, I've already done it.
2: (laughs) It's like like little mundane steps that people don't. They kind of overlook because it's not sexy, you know. It's not like, mm. oh, do this one meditation or do this like one journaling technique. Oh, jeez. It's not about that. It's mm. just yeah, yeah. And VC like people love looking for like tricks. Okay, like, how can I get a raw fifty without like studying too hard? But yeah, it's not about that. It's it's literally just going through doing the hard things. So, but having said that though, having these habits of uh, reflection, I think, is super important mm. because. It's a way to check in with yourself it's a way to kind of like pull back from like the busyness and like it's like what the chaos of like your 12 or whatever you're doing right now and actually taking stock and reassessing so i think that's super important it's kind of like the analogy to you know checking your answers when you're doing a question When when we just go through life we don't really spend enough time to actually reflect on okay i'll be doing the right thing so One thing i really like to do with journaling is that at the end of the day i take 20 minutes so now i type i don't really write because it's kind of slow and so i I just put like a heading like okay what did i do today what did i learn today and then whatever it is so a bunch of whatever books i read or concepts that i really liked and under that i might do something like okay what did i not do well today so whether that's uh snoozing the alarm not getting up at six or you know just Uh, eating whatever I shouldn't be eating or spending too much time on Facebook. You know, after lunch, you get lazy. And then, but the most important part is actually writing a solution to each of those. So it's just Mm -hmm. like fixing each of those excuses. So, okay. So one example is like, okay, if I just finished lunch and I'm really like, you you know, that like lazy feeling you get when your stomach's full, you don't want to study or anything. And Mm -hmm. it's so easy to go on Facebook and just waste like 40 minutes. So the way you prevent that is by setting up these little practical measures. So for example, just not going on your phone after lunch, like, you know, you know what you're supposed to do. So just, or even just like reading a book after lunch, because like, that's something productive, right. And then you'll get in, get yourself into the right moves. But yeah, overall, it's just, it's about checking in every day and not even necessarily every day. Like I, like I say that, but it's hard. Like being consistent is not easy so Mm -hmm. the important thing is that your overall trend is that you become more and more consistent over time so yeah. yeah so try not to miss too many days and yeah just always reflect on what you can do better and learn to see beyond the simple emotions and reactions so that even applies in productivity so okay so like why didn't i want to do that piece of work today what was the reason Okay, was it too long? Then you start breaking it down. You know, you start listing like, okay, how can I make it less daunting? You know, break it down to parts or scheduling times to do it, whatever you have to do. So yeah, so just self-reflection, introspection is super important. And it's not an easy fix, it's not a quick fix, but something that a lot of people probably don't do as much as they should. So yeah, I think that's a, it's a good thing to start with.
1: Oh. That was, yeah, that was really good, I reckon. Uh, so much to take away from, like, Yeah, stuff. man, I enjoyed that.
2: I love talking to people. I think, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I feel like I should maybe pursue that, that VC um, mm. podcast to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Because I love yeah, talking sure, to people, well. like-minded people like you guys and mm. really learning from them as well. Because I have these conversations with my friends all the time. It's just like, why waste that? <laughs> you know, yeah, if yeah, it sure. to be helpful to other people. So, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah. 100%. Yeah. yeah. All right. Should we're right it. Again. Yep. Sounds
0: like a plan. Yeah. Well, cheers for tuning in, everyone. We hope you guys uh, enjoyed today's podcast. And yeah. yeah, we'll catch you next time.
1: Peace.